0: ew stop you can't you know you know what stop the music you cannot yell at me for doing that and then make that your intro yeah that's so mean of you
1: sour patch watermelons are very good give me one you now one. all right welcome to please consume responsibly a show where we don't eat food but here we are doing that mm-hmm <laughs> This is a show where we talk about our daily media diets. The things, our weekly media diets. Our weekly media diets. The things that we have consumed over the past week, responsibly, or perhaps not. Mm-hmm. I'm AJ. I'm Tara. This is the show.
0: We were eating Sour Patch watermelon, which are. Yeah. I'm gonna say popular opinion, they are better than. Yeah. The Sour Patch Kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. No doubt.
0: Just like it's like common knowledge, like the mini M&Ms are better than the regular size. M&Ms. Yeah,
1: you can just shoot the entire mini M&M
0: in a Toys R Us, right? I guess. It's <laughs> Sorry, that's a very specific experience. It super um, is. <laughs> you you pass it on your way around the Toys mm. R Us, mm. and you eat it around Toys R Us. Interesting. That's something that my grandma. I was to. always.
1: Uh, on the way out of
0: ShopRite. Oh, that's good. My parents would grab us Whoa, some snacks. Sorry, really quick. What was your grocery store food? Did your did your parents ever let you eat food while you were shopping? While
1: we were shopping? Mm-hmm. The food that we were going to buy? Yeah. No, not really. I don't know if I ever had the desire to.
0: You want to know mine? Yes. You know those little milk cartons full of goldfish? Yeah. The little 99 cent nice. ones? Nice. My mom would always let me and Lexi do that. Nice. It was the best.
1: This show is really dissecting your entire adolescence
0: right yeah <laughs> it really uh, is
1: by episode 30 everyone's gonna have like a complete perfect picture of your life up yeah. until now
0: yeah you're gonna have my whole personality <laughs> down
1: yeah uh, and speaking of life until now last week we well, yeah. lived life <coughs> i was gonna make the connection from the sour patch watermelons that yes that we had yes at the movie we went to last week
0: yeah well that's why we got the sour patch kids. that is why we got the sour patch but-
1: watermelons
0: we, we didn't finish the Sour Patch Kids because, well, I had a lot of other snacks at the movie. Uh, yeah. uh, what movie did we watch?
1: We watched Captain Marvel. We were the only
0: two in the theater except for two other men. <laughs>
1: so we weren't the only two in the theater is yeah. how that works.
0: Well, the funny thing was they came in at, right as the preview started. Right as the preview started, so very late mm-hmm. in, my, in my book. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was dark and we were so far up yeah. that they thought that it was alone. <laughs> and the guy was like, no fucking way. And uh then he's like, "Yo, yo, shit." <laughs> it was very funny. It was very funny. Uh <laughs> I felt really bad for them. because yeah. like, They thought they were going to have that kind of experience, but Sorry. they didn't.
1: But the, it was good. You know what else was really funny? What? The movie. Yeah. It's pretty funny.
0: It was like it had like Deadpool humor in it. Oh! I don't know if that's the right thing. It was like a lot of like sarcastic Comments, but yeah. there's a superhero. Yeah, that's. But it was good.
1: That's kind of the the Marvel oeuvre.
0: Okay, I haven't. It, the what? oeuvre. What is an oeuvre? Like
1: body of work. Oh. It's that's those are kind of the jokes in in all of those.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the Deadpool ones more like I did a fart and then everybody laughs.
0: Well, no, I wouldn't say that.
1: And then he turns to the audience and goes, "Did you see that fart? and everyone everybody laughs
0: yeah i guess um but i just haven't really seen the other marvel movies yeah we actually had this conversation walking out of the theater and Mm -hmm. i said i've never seen any of the any of the marvel movies except for the hulk and you were like that's not a movie so
1: no um oh wait i thought you said you hadn't seen it
0: i hadn't seen any marvel movies except Uh, for the hulk
1: i misunderstood at that time is the
0: hulk a movie
1: yeah there is a hulk movie but is Mark not... Ruffalo in it? No,
0: okay, then I didn't see it. I just remember seeing Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, yeah, he,
1: that would he's in
0: I just love Mark Ruffalo, yeah, and I would watch a Marvel movie just because of Mark Ruffalo, not because of like you know Chris Pine or who is it Chris Evans Hemsworth. or no, that's Liam. no, no, it's Chris. there's two Chris'es. anyway, <sighs> I don't care about the Marvel Universe is what I'm trying to Evans. say, Chris Evans. I don't care about the Marvel Universe, is what I'm trying to say. Right. I think they're doing a great job, and, they, and the story's good, and Stanley is good. But it's not something that like I'm going to go to Hot Topic and buy a t-shirt about.
1: Your go-to is always Hot Topic.
0: They have some, such a wide variety. Because in middle school, you can be a scene kid and buy like all-time low shirts, or you can be me and buy a Justin Bieber shirt. Mm. It's a really, really good variety. Wow. But I'm, I'm not going to stan it, is what I'm saying.
1: What else did we do this week?
0: Well... Oh. <laughs> Was there anything that was worth talking about? I watched the beginning
1: of Edge of Seventeen with you.
0: But I watched the rest of it. It was great. It was good? I've seen it before. I love that movie. Good. Haley Steinfeld kind of plays the same character in every one of the mm-hmm. movies that she's in. It's kind of the same character as what she did in Begin Again, which is another one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. As you can tell, I have a pattern. Did you watch anything else? Uh, I didn't Northern? really watch
1: stuff. I, I listened. Actually, I've been kind of behind on my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so at work, I've kind of been scrambling to catch up, but I still haven't. So that's exciting. What oh. Did you, yeah. What did you do?
0: I watched else. Captain Marvel and Edge of 17. Yes. I also re- started to rewatch Parenthood.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, gosh darn, I love that show. It's fun. Um, Stars are the cast except for Laura Graham, God, Lauren Graham. Why? She is obnoxious.
1: Yeah, that's her character.
0: It's just like, all right, we get it, Laura. Like Laura, Gilmore, she just can't escape that. And uh, I hated the Gilmore Girls growing up. And you actually love the Gilmore. I really
1: did. I, I watched the entire series a couple of years ago, and then watched the, and then I watched the Netflix reboot mm-hmm. in 2016. Sure. Whatever it was. Yeah. Also enjoyed that. But it's
0: fine. It was we're just kind of always about... on the TV at my house because yeah. my sister and my mom stand it.
1: Yeah, we were a Gilmore Girls family. I think both my sisters watched it and I think Lewis also watched it. So I think we've all watched all of Gilmore Girls now.
0: Speaking so. of Lewis, he watched all of The Umbrella Academy, yeah. which I caught a few, I think maybe two episodes together yeah. of. And I was just piecing it together and asking him questions about it, which is so fun for him that he gets to watch <laughs> it and also tell me what's going on. Um, it seemed okay.
1: I'm excited to watch it.
0: Don't think I would start it from the beginning, but I love Ellen Page. So Mm. anyway that's all really i watched yeah it was my spring break so i was trying to just relax and stuff but i didn't really well i like got to sleep in which was fun but then i just like was stressing out about the work you know Mm. what can i just say can i just vent really quick okay like all my professors are just like it's spring break you don't have anything due but let me make everything due the week after spring break so you have to spend (laughs) spring break doing work right
1: yeah you have a midterm due right
0: i have a seven page paper due on monday a three page paper due on tuesday an essay due on tuesday as well and then a bunch of forums that i have to catch up on. Plus, I'm filming my capstone next week, so.
1: Spring break.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun time. Yeah.
1: I think we should get into and out of this intro because it has been too long.
0: Yeah, get out of here. What, what's your main dish?
1: Um, so talk- Serve it
0: up piping hot, God. would you?
1: So, on the topic of spring break, uh, I bring a very seasonal, appropriate topic.
0: Okay. I'm very excited about what your main dish is.
1: Yeah. I'm talking about a podcast entitled Frankenstein, Our Dark Mirror, which is... <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's scream spring to me. Yeah,
1: springtime, you know, life, you know, all the the happy stuff that Mm -hmm. is in Frankenstein. Uh, So it's actually a bonus episode of the podcast you've probably heard me talk about before called The Librarian is In. It's from the Mm. New York Public Library, and it's two of their librarians talking about books or talking to an author or talking to a different librarian from a different library somewhere it's it's very interesting and it makes me feel like i read books because i really you want
0: listen to people talking about books that they've read is Ye- that it yeah pretty oh, much
1: okay. and and i really i want to read books
0: you do very
1: much so i i don't
0: i mean i have
1: books and there was a time where every time i go to barnes noble i would buy a new book that is how the bookshelf got so full most of those books i have not read Wow! Yeah, it's all an act. Yeah, it's all wow. Because I was all... just
0: about to say, you know what? You're the out of most people that I've met, excluding your brother. You're one of the most. You read the most out of anybody that I've ever met. Yeah,
1: they're all aspirational books. I haven't actually read any okay. of them.
0: Okay, <laughs>
1: I've read some of them, but wow. most of them I have not. Yeah, I can't
0: believe we. There's so many times where we just reveal so many secret parts of each I other on this. No, it's actually just you. I just, I'm learning so much about you that you eat chicken at work and you've never read any of the books you on talk, our bookshelf.
1: You talked about your first YouTube channel last week, which yeah. I think is okay, pretty true. deep. Yeah. It's a pretty true. deep cut.
0: <laughs> anyway, we learned so much about each other on this yeah. podcast.
1: So, uh, like I said, it's a bonus episode of the podcast called The Librarian Is In. The episode's called Frankenstein, Our Dark Myriad. And it's, the episodes are usually like 30 minutes long. Forty minutes long, maybe. Okay. This one is about an hour, and it's Ooh. it was made as as kind of a feature of the library, and and because they use the resources at one of the branches of the New York Library, which is like the largest collection of the works by Mary Shelley. It's like that largest collection of all of that stuff together. Right. Uh, I, I said her name was Mary Shelley. It's actually Mary uh, Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley.
0: Oh yeah, a classic mix yeah. up. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's her first name, and then her mom's uh, last name, her name, dad's last name, and her married name.
0: Oh, okay. She just couldn't choose and wanted to keep them all. Yeah,
1: she wanted to keep them all, which I respect. So gotta I gotta keep them all. We all kind of know. Sorry. <laughs> gotta keep them all. <laughs> 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 it's great when you come up with an episode name so early on. Thank you. <laughs> um, really quick. Yeah. Tell me, really, like oh. you're just a short. God, I don't like
0: being tested.
1: It's it's what just what do you think okay. Frankenstein is? Um, the story.
0: So Frankenstein mm. um was a mo- monster built in a lab by a man what mm-hmm. that was supposed to be one thing, but he turned out to be a scary monster, mm. but actually was a very nice, helpful monster, but he just looked funny and no mm. he was like misunderstood in a way. Mm-hmm.
1: okay, and so- then oh
0: monster mash he did the mash
1: <laughs> graveyard smash. thank you so <laughs> it, you're
0: it, it was a graveyard smash, I,
1: yeah. Not completely right, but you have the main story beats. There is this scientist who's, who, the scientist's name is Frankenstein. The monster is just a, he's just a monster.
0: Wait. Yeah. Wait. I thought the monster was Frankenstein.
1: No, it's the man, Victor Frankenstein. Who so
0: made, he did the mash.
1: The monster mash. Thank yeah. You. He literally smashed a whole bunch of dead body parts together and turned them into a person.
0: That is the definition of a graveyard smash. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, yes i was i was oh. i was right on the nose with right the song. there
1: oh man that was good um you had the basic pieces like i said okay victor frankenstein was the was the man made this monster who wasn't supposed to be a monster but then turned out being a uh, you know to be a monster mm-hmm. um and that is kind of the basic understanding okay. i think uh of most people of okay. uh, frankenstein right but So the podcast is split into chapters. Uh The first chapter of the podcast talks about the original story and how Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley came up with The story of Mm -hmm. Frankenstein. As it was originally written in 1818, the monster learns how to speak and read.
0: Oh, smarty boy. And is
1: actually like pretty eloquent, but people still see him as a monster.
0: So dare I say misunderstood?
1: Misunderstood. Very misunderstood. Exactly. Um, So the monster gets ostracized by the community, lives on its own, learns how to speak and read, but is prone to violent rage still because Mm -hmm. it's a collection of old body parts, I guess. I don't know. Eventually, the creature comes back, asks Dr. Frankenstein, can you make me a friend? And Dr. Frankenstein's like, yeah, that seems fair. I don't want you to be alone for the rest of...
0: Wait, can I pause? Mm -hmm. So what's the monster's name?
1: Does not have a name.
0: So Frankenstein is the name of the doctor. Frankenstein is the doctor. And the name of the story is Frankenstein. Yes. About the doctor and not the monster. Yes. So when you see a costume in a Halloween store that says Frankenstein... It's
1: wrong. (gasps) It's usually... No, usually it says Frankenstein's monster. Really? Probably.
0: Oh my god, that's so that's so misunderstood. (laughs) Wow, this is such a big symbol.
1: Wow. I didn't realize I'd be busting Frankenstein wide open for you. Wow. I thought I'd be doing it in a different way, but this is. I really thought
0: Frankenstein was a monster and not the scientist. Now, when you said that like a few minutes ago when you're like Mm -hmm. he was a scientist, I'm like, oh, so the scientist was turned into a monster. No. Wow, I cannot believe this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay, so sorry. You keep going.
1: So the the monster comes back, asks for a friend, Frankenstein says yes. But before Frankenstein is done making the monster friend, he just des- he decides this probably isn't a great idea. I don't want to make a monster race, so I'm just gonna kill or burn down my lab what? or whatever. So he did. He 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 destroys the friend he's making for his his monster that uh-huh. he has created, uh, and then the monster vows revenge, kills Frankenstein's wife and Frankenstein's best friend, and then they somehow end up in the Arctic. <laughs>
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> where
1: where uh, Dr. Frankenstein dies. I'm not sure if the creature kills him, actually. And the creature goes into the wilderness, never to be heard from again, presumably, to die. Wow. So that's, that's the original Frankenstein. That's how it was written.
0: Now, can I just do a hot take? Sure. When you Google Frankenstein and look up images,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not that ugly. Like the original one? Yeah. Kind of hot, <laughs> dare I say. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hold on wait I have to show you a picture that comes up when you search Frankenstein are you ready okay I don't think you are all right all right here it is
1: I super wasn't you're right it's a mouse in a Frankenstein outfit yes but like a fake mouse
0: yeah so I was just sorry I was just proving my point of when you google Frankenstein it is the mouse. yeah monster, I'm not, not saying
1: the... you were wrong I'm just saying that no every, I just, everybody's wrong. I just <laughs> wanted to.
0: I just wanted to feel like or see if I was like if if that was such a revelation for me yeah. if it would be a revelation for other people it too. probably and it would should. It, yeah. it will be
1: so she really came up with that story with her stepsister and the famous poet lord byron if you know who lord byron is no they were it was a it's actually pretty wild there was a big volcanic eruption that like changed the climate so it was just dark all the time wherever they were and so lord byron was like let's have a scary story contest and so for like a week i know i
0: love the 1800s for like a
1: week mary shelley was like man i need to come up with this story oh also when she came up with this story she was 18 years old. What? Yeah. So
0: wow, lucky number 18.
1: Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Mary Shelley. So yeah, Frankenstein was created for a scary story contest.
0: With, That's very cool. With her Look how far and her it's friends. come.
1: Yeah, it's bon- it's it's bonkers. So I'm gonna kind of just go to what made me like this podcast so much. Yeah. Because I was listening to it and I was like, this is kind of interesting, and I actually considered skipping it after uh, you know, in the middle of the second chapter. And I'm really glad I didn't, because the third chapter They talk to uh, Michael Chemmers, who is the Professor of Dramatic Literature and Theater Arts at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And he basically looks at Frankenstein and then puts it in the context of other monsters throughout theater and film. Okay. And it's so, it's so, so so interesting. Um, I could go through it beat by beat, Mm -hmm. but I'm just going to play a clip of it instead Um, and we will listen to the clip.
0: Cool, I'm excited. Then come back
1: and discuss it. And it is—it's a lot. It's okay. so so great. Okay, so here is that clip from Frankenstein: A Dark Mirror.
2: Chapter three: Monsters always come back. Any time you have a monster in culture that has any kind of longevity or popularity among people, it is because that monster speaks very specifically to some social, political spiritual or other kind of crisis or schism or fear that is occurring in the society around it. Science and other forms of knowledge, other systems of knowledge, have moved forward quite rapidly since in the last 200 years since this novel was written. Those anxieties about how we use science are still very much with us. And so we are still telling the Frankenstein story, particularly in performance culture, in a thousand, thousand ways. So the common thread between Frankenstein the novel, all the play adaptations of Frankenstein, all the movie adaptations of Frankenstein, is that it is a meditation on the importance of ethics in science and a manifestation of our fear that science without ethics is extremely dangerous. So the first film version of Frankenstein like the first play version of Frankenstein has some very iconic images. The film is getting it right from the plays. Storms, laboratories, the creature running amuck and very specifically there are there's a scene in the film where the creature and Frankenstein are examining each other through moving machinery. In this case, it's a windmill. In the climactic scene, they look at each other through the machinery of the windmill. And I cannot help but think of that scene in terms of its performance manifestation. When I watched the last scene of Blade Runner, the original with uh, Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer, where in their final scene, they are regarding each other through the blades of a fan, which reminds me of that windmill. Quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. And you notice Terminator also has a storm in it. It also, the creatures born from lightning in, in Terminator when he goes back in time. That Terminator is out there. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Ever. In Jurassic Park, which is also very much a Frankenstein story. I mean, there's a lab, there's a storm. <laughs> The betrayal, there's the monster running amok. The Avengers Age of Ultron, which is absolutely a Frankenstein story and absolutely about the responsibility of, of fathers and sons. Everyone creates the thing they dread. Men of peace create engines of war. Invaders create Avengers. People create children designed to supplant I'm watching this going, oh, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. (laughs) And there's a storm in it. There's a god of thunder in it, a god of lightning, you know, so hello. I think one of the wonderful things about Frankenstein in particular is that both as a character and as a cultural body, he will not die. He is pretty much invincible, the monster, I mean. He keeps coming back. Monsters come back and the reason why they come back is because they are not made of flesh and bone that can be destroyed. They are made of fear, our fear. They're made of our fear, so as long as I'm afraid of the advance of technology without morals, Frankenstein is going to come back and be relevant to me.
1: So there it was. That was it. Yeah. What did you think?
0: First of all, yes, he kind of sounds like Army Hammer. Yes, you
1: did say that while we were listening to. It.
0: Very good. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting, yeah, I didn't I think I'm having a lot of Frankenstein revelations in this episode right? because like I know I know that a lot of a lot of media just like plays off of each other mm-hmm. because you know the ideas are bound to run out sometime yeah. but I never actually thought about that you know the whole monster motif and how it, mm-hmm. it just plays back to an eight year old girl that wrote a story about or for a scary yeah. story contest <laughs> that is so interesting yeah.
1: and it's like what really got me was when which I think is what really hooked me on being like, Okay, I'm gonna I wanna talk about this was when he brought up Jurassic Park. Because yeah. I was like, di- like, what is a real life monster if it's not a dinosaur? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I never even made that connection between like, oh, people made the dinosaur, mm-hmm. and then the dinosaur is now you know turning against the people. Right. The formula of that is just like it's Frankenstein. It is Frankenstein. It's yeah. Because if wild. you were
0: if you were just to come into a room and be like Jurassic Park is Frankenstein, yeah. James <laughs> my mind. I'd be like, okay, like I will. Yeah. But he, you know, it's the same formula.
1: Yeah. It's the exact same formula. Thank it's you. Wild. Pun
0: intended formula. Yeah. Labs. Nice. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And there's probably so many other things that he never he didn't even touch on that, yeah. that follow that exact same formula. It was form just like, just what
0: like, was the first one before Jurassic Park?
1: Uh, He talked about Blade Runner.
0: Yeah. Okay. Blade Runner, Jurassic Park, and Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. Like you can find so many things in yeah. between those genres mm-hmm. that's bound to fit that yeah, those
1: description. Are, that's one thing from the 80s, 90s, and yeah. the 1000s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so it's it was just just bonkers and That's so very cool and the rest of the podcast is like i think just as interesting i think it lulls a little bit in the second chapter because the the person they're talking to is just talking about how like oh when it came to theaters that was when we got the frankenstein that the frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. that we know now that just grunts and hits stuff yeah like the um, dumb one right yeah
0: but in the original one you said he learned how to In the read original he and... was
1: pretty intelligent wow
0: yeah misunderstood yes angsty now that i think of it there are so many different like adaptations of romeo and juliet yeah so you can take all of these old old mm-hmm. and not they're not even just like it's not even just like you know cinderella was a very old story mm. There's certain adaptations of it that are like oh this is cinderella to mm-hmm. jurassic park yeah. but there's also just like another cinderella story yeah and like <laughs> they just like blatantly take the story right. but it's just like an idea that yeah. is transformed it's like what if this monster is a dinosaur mm dinosaur (laughs) whatever (laughs) um
1: yeah the rest of the podcast goes to talk about uh, confronting the monster whatever the monster might be Mm -hmm. um they also talk to to two present-day authors who are retelling the story of frankenstein literally retelling the story of frankenstein it's there's no
0: it's like another cinderella story yeah exactly (laughs) exactly
1: and it's just it's extremely interesting again it's Frankenstein, Our Dark Mirror, a bonus episode of the podcast called The Librarian is In from the New York Public Library. And I just want to end it on a quote mm-hmm. from Michael Chambers. The novel Frankenstein is the most adapted, translated, transmogrified, reproduced, reinvented, resurrected, retooled, reconfigured, parodied, lampooned, mocked, and referenced novel of all time. There are aspects of this story that remain not just tangentially relevant to us, but front and center. And it's just like, Frankenstein has affected so much modern day media, and you don't even think about it, even though everybody knows the story of Frankenstein. Yeah. On a basic level, yeah. And it's, just, it's just so and most interesting people, to me.
0: Most people know it. Most people think they know it, mm-hmm. but then they think Frankenstein is the monster.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and I think it's a thing too. If you go up to anybody and you say, "Hey, Frankenstein," like everybody knows.
0: They're like, yeah.
1: Everybody has some frame of reference somehow. They're like
0: bolts in his head.
1: What Frankenstein is, right? Big
0: shoes. Yeah. Green head.
1: And it's just, it's, it's and it's so so yeah interesting
0: and has affected Ow. so
1: much so that's my thing
0: thank you i can't believe i know so many things about frankenstein now
1: <laughs> you're welcome
0: i love it thank yeah. you so much if
1: you want to learn more listen to that episode of the librarian is in sure
0: we're gonna take a break now
1: yeah we'll be right back yeah we're gonna do the mash
0: the monster mash
1: surprise. it'll be a graveyard smash.
0: all right see you later
1: see you surprise, surprise. <laughs> He did the monster match. The monster
0: match.
2: It was a smash. He did the it on
1: a He
0: did the match. He did the monster Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> dang it.
1: All right. I thought we were going to do it again. That's fine. You go. <laughs> All
0: right. Ready? Hold on. Just... Welcome back. That? No. Oh, I thought you were going to do. Welcome back. <laughs> it's well, us. Welcome back
1: to the episode.
0: I uh, hope you had a graveyard smash out there. Incredible. Um, hope there was lots of storms mm-hmm. and a laboratory and maybe a monster.
1: Yeah. So Tara,
0: my main dish is what you're going to ask about. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know we, I know we do, uh, a, a weekly thing and I did watch a lot of things this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I was so excited about watching, mm-hmm. which did not disappoint, mm. which was in my calendar, I was so excited for it to come yes, out, I- <laughs> was Shrill on Hulu. Whee! Oh, That's my main dish. Yeah. Shrill on Hulu featuring AD Bryant. And she's a writer on it. And it is so, 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 so good. She's from SNL. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know who she was. So, it was a six-episode kind of drop. They just dropped six episodes. Uh, I only watched two of them because I only thought there were two of them <laughs> for some reason. Um, but I watched them today, yeah. and I, I decided last week that this was g- what I was going to be talking about because nice. I was just so excited for nice. it. I've been watching all the previews. I just, like, you know, I am just I was just really excited about it. I really love her, and I knew that it was going to be, like, a funny kind of thing because yeah. I knew some of the writers from it because mm-hmm. they, they worked on Portlandia as yeah. well.
1: So. So, what's it about?
0: So I'm actually just going to read you um, the description from the New York Times. They did a review of it before it came out and I read it and I was really excited about it. So I really like the way that they wrote it. Um, Okay. So Aidy Bryant stars as Annie, a writer in Portland, Oregon, who's stuck. Stuck editing calendar listings at an alt-weekly. Stuck dating a beardo dingus who treats her shabbily, <coughs> stuck with the f- tedious ticker of society constantly running in her mind, telling her she's bad and gross and lazy and worthless because she's fat.
1: Dang! Um, right. I couldn't stop laughing at the fact that the New York Times had the words beardo dingus in there.
0: <laughs> a beardo, a beardo dingus who yeah. treats her shabbily. Um, um,
1: but it ended on a, a much better note than the beardo dingus thing. So I. Right. So nice. Uh,
0: when I learned about what this was about, well, really when I read the beginning of that, I was like this sounds exactly like Girls.
1: Mm. Because it, she's a writer, right? She's and, a she's
0: yeah. a writer. She's like trying to discover herself. herself yeah. She's in a bad relationship, she doesn't have any self-respect and it's like all this stuff. Yeah, and well, like it I am so happy that it wasn't as tragic as Girls. Mm. Because for I I just
1: Tragic, like
0: tragic, is like I did not enjoy girls at all. Um, that was like a the tragic was very biased. Yeah, I wasn't
1: sure if it was tragic like the show is bad or tragic like the show is sad.
0: No, it's just bad. Yeah, and like (laughs) because. For me, okay. For me, it was just very annoying trying to wa- watching Lena Dunham mm-hmm. just like ugh, mope around all the yeah. time, and like that was just a personal thing. Uh, it's a good story, I guess. It's more relatable in that way, but for me, watching time pass quicker and watching somebody transform within mm. a half an hour is mm. a lot better to watch and easier to watch than watching a six episode like you know span of Lena Dunham trying to figure out her relationship with Adam Driver. Yeah, and um, the
1: big small man.
0: Oh god! This, this, watching him and girls was part of the reason why he scares me so much. He is my Frankenstein. Wow. Yeah, so small and big at the same time. He looks like somebody. He looks like Keanu Reeves stretched out. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> I don't remember Ow! I don't remember who said that, but like I said, she, in just the first episode, I'm going to talk about the first episode so I don't spoil too many things. In the first episode, she, we watch her transform from really, really not confident and just like mm. passes off all these, com- these comments about her weight and her lifestyle. But by the end of it, she comes around, she goes through this, can I, should I spoil it?
1: The first episode? Yeah.
0: It's only a half an hour.
1: Yeah. It's uh spoilers ahead for the spoilers. first episode of Shrill. spoilers
0: are ahead for the first episode of Shrill. it's very good and you should watch it anyway but so she's in the, the relationship Wait, really with,
1: quick if you don't want to hear the spoilers you can skip to the time code here
0: 30 minutes and 35 seconds great we love that voice <laughs> um so um at the beginning of the episode we are introduced to her and she walks into this coffee shop and she meets a very symbolic character who is a fitness uh, personal trainer, who is like, I can transform you. Hmm. Like um, the one thing that she says, it's so funny. The the personal trainer says, there's a skinny person inside of you dying to get out. Oh, and Annie responds with, well, I hope she's okay in there. <laughs> and I, that was so funny to me. Yeah. Like that was that was so so funny. But she is navigating this relationship with the Beardo Dingus. And she realized, everybody around her realizes that he's a, not a good guy and she right. kind of like defends him. And he's like a trash person. Mm. And she defends him. Mm. And she eventually gets pregnant and has an abortion. Oh. Um, And it's his child. And that really, really set the... Yeah, I know. Wow. All within a half an hour of the first episode, she gets pregnant with his child. And
1: you meet her for the first time. Yeah,
0: gets an abortion. It's not as painted in like a sad light as Mm -hmm. you know I'm sure an abortion is like it's Mm -hmm. very hard thing but she does realize some things about her life she says this is she said it's given her a lot of time to think about things and that's when she like kind of turns things around and starts Mm -hmm. realizing that she is the person that she wants to be and she doesn't have to prove anything to anybody she is Um, the skinny
1: person inside
0: she is a skinny person inside and (laughs) this the symbol of that personal trainer is uh, it's kind of like bookends she's one of the first people that we meet is Mm -hmm. that trainer and then she's the last person that we see in the episode episode mm-hmm. and Annie tells her to F off in the coffee nice. shop nice. and the trainer was like well you're fat anyway and I know like so, something super super backhand and nice. it was just like you are fat and stupid and she it slides right off of her and like in a really completely different way than how it did in the beginning of the episode where she was just like kind of playing along with it and joking along with her mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just she transforms from being not confident to just owning it and being able to communicate that she is comfortable yeah. in her own body and like that's just the first episode but she fluctuates it's not just a it's not just like a quick turnaround of like I am confident now mm. but you know it goes back and forth in, in um, peaks and troughs yeah Um just like real life yeah just like re- real life and I think that telling it the story that way of like it goes up and down and up and down and back and forth and not just like a very long drawn out dramatic thing the way girls did Mm. to me i'm just comparing it to that because it was kind of really similar but this one was a painted in a lot more of a brighter light Mm -hmm. it was really lighthearted. carrie brownstein directed the second episode and i was like no wonder why i love this show so much (laughs) and it's set in portland which you know Mm got to love it. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot brighter and not as like dreary as Brooklyn was and yeah. girls. And I don't know. The media I consume, the tone of it always affects me. So I don't listen to quite frankly, I don't I don't listen to very sad songs. Mm. I don't like really sad movies or sad shows or anything because it makes me sad, mm-hmm. which like bad flaw because there's lots of good sad songs out there. <laughs> um but yeah. So yeah. I, I liked I, I really liked how kinda of positive it was and funny and lighthearted and there are some difficult topics in there like having to deal with society and body image and yeah. confidence and abortion and yeah. So it's very it's very good. It's got a really good message. So
1: I'm excited to hear what you think about the rest of it.
0: I know. I'm gonna they the episodes are so digestible. Yeah. Thank you. They're only a half an hour long. Oh good one. And there's six of them. And it's actually I I learned that it's actually uh based off of a book oh. called Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. Oh. So she helped write it and produce it. Cool. Um, so, really good. I'm so excited to watch the last four episodes that I have left. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Thanks.
1: A nice little uh, compact thing as opposed to my incredibly depthy thing.
0: Depthy thing. I don't know. I think it's a good balance.
1: No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a great yeah. balance.
0: Great balance of long things and short things.
1: You know what else is a great balance? What is it? A side dish. Green bean. It's side dish time. It's side dish time. Oh my God. Wow. Crazy side dish. It was. It was. Uh.
0: It was reenacting the storm that we just had.
1: Yeah, that storm was wild. There was lots of rain and thunder it is, and wind. It is Friday night in Wayne, New Jersey, and it rained very heavily. It,
0: dare I say it rained? <laughs> dare you say it <laughs> what a, these jokes are coming out of left field yeah. i am so funny tonight so it's okay to say that because i'm not funny any other day
1: <laughs> that's not true I so think you want to go funny. first with your side yeah I'll go, I'll go first okay wonderful. i for those of you that know me you know this if you don't know me you don't know this that's how knowing people works yep i really enjoy tabletop role-playing games <gasps> and on a very basic level that is just like think uh, Dungeons and Dragons and whatever you think Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons is, that's what it is. But
0: it could be anything because I thought tabletop games was just Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll get into it a little Sorry. bit. No, that's fine. So tabletop role-playing games are just like basically just books with sets of rules and then you can set those rules wherever you want. Like in whatever kind of world you want, it can be a real life world or it can be a fantasy world. As long as you're following those rules, you are playing that tabletop game.
0: Mm -hmm. And there, can I say something? There are people in there and they are all characters in the said world. Yes. And they act the way that they want to. Yes.
1: Right. All the people playing the game are playing a role. They are role playing. Mm-hmm. That is where that phrase comes from. They, they choose a character and they give them personality traits and, you know, they choose what their job is and all of that stuff. And then they role play as that person or as that troll or as that, you know, whatever they want to be, um, depending on the system. But the system I'm talking about today.
0: As your side dish. As
1: my side dish. <laughs> help. Uh, is Bubblegum Shoe. It's a.
0: Weird name. It is a weird name. Weird name, but okay. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, so it comes from the phrase gumshoe, which is a phrase used in the 20s, 30s, 40s to talk about detectives. They're gumshoe detectives. I don't know where the phrase came from. I did not look it up. But the bubblegum part of it is that everybody in this world is a teen detective. It's not just detectives, they're teen detectives. So it's bubblegum shoe because teens chew bubblegum.
0: Oh, that's very funny, actually. Because Uh, up until now... I'm just like that's a weird name, and I don't understand it because uh, a lot of the the language that you use in tabletop games, yeah, I just I do yeah. not know. Well, a lot of
1: the, a lot of the language carries over to all tabletop games, and it's hard for me as a person who who gets it to kind of explain it to people just that don't. No,
0: no, no clue. Yeah, it's like trying to decipher the names of your video games that you play and trying to. <laughs> differentiate them. For those of you who play video games, I Mm. thought Bloodborne and Horizon Zero Dawn were the same game.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Same exact one for a a very long time. That was a wild time. It's not even like I'm like, I'm dumb and I'm a girl and I don't get it. I just like, don't. Yeah. I can't follow it. And it's, (laughs) it's very hard for me. Anyway. Okay. So Bubblegum Shoe.
1: Yes. Bubblegum Shoe. So it's a game where you, the players play as teen detectives and it's a very cool system centered around solving mysteries, interacting with people, not There's no magic, there's no, there's not going to be any gunfights or like fist fights because, well, maybe fistfights, but no like gunfights or anything super serious because Mm -hmm. it's about teens and nobody wants to shoot a teen, hopefully. And so I am the game master of a game that I'm playing with my friends um, where I'm making up the story using the rules of Bubblegum Shoe. Mm -hmm. And my friends are all playing roles of these teens in high school. And we just played our first session last night. It was like three hours long. It was very fun. Yeah. I was very stressed the entire time.
0: You were really stressed leading up to it too. I super
1: was. It's uh, a lot it's, more
0: planning than Yes. So
1: being the game master, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I really apologize. This is a side dish. Being a game master just means that you are the person who takes this set of rules that Bubblegum Shoe gives you or that Dungeon and Dragons give you or whatever, and you are the one that creates a story for the players to interact with, to af- to play with, mm-hmm. basically. So I have, you know, the loose kind of story that I kind of want to tell. And then I kind of tell them, here is the scenario. Here is where you are. Here's what's happening. What do you do? And then they tell me what they're doing and they'll interact with people that they make up. And then I will play as that person they made up. And now they're having a conversation with me who is role-playing as somebody else. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's very cool and it's very fun. And and um, there was a character that... Peter, my one friend Peter made that I gave a very big role to when we were playing last night. And at the end of the session, he told me I just created that character off the cuff and you gave her a very big role. I was not expecting that. I was like, nice. Wow. So that is kind of I I love tabletop games. I really en- am enjoying learning the rules of this of this bubblegum shoe system and I'm really looking forward to going forward and solving mysteries and and having these teens interact with other teens that I make up.
0: <laughs> Very cool. I <I'm> ex- <laughs> yeah. I like I like hearing the inside scoop of what you're going to do during mm. your session and then hearing yeah. how it played out afterwards. Yeah. Because you had a big twist in your first session. Yeah. I did about it before anybody did. I felt like yes. really cool about it.
1: Kid got hit by a bus. Wow. All right.
0: I love teens. <laughs> when you're like, nobody wants to shoot a teen. They're like, yeah, a kid got hit by a bus. That's fair. Anyway.
1: What's your side dish? My side I, dish. That took, oh. it was much bigger than a side dish. My stuff has been very big this week.
0: That's okay. Mine's very small. What
1: is your side dish? My side
0: dish is an Instagram account. Oh. Uh, called Live Kindly Co. Ooh. At Live Kindly Co Hold on Instagram, um, Cory Booker follows them, so it's C.B. approved. Uh, it is a uh, a wellness vegan kind of kind of side dish, mm-hmm. um, and they I just really oh, like. Nice the way that they package their things. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Each one, not necessarily as a whole brand, but individual posts are very nice. Every single week, they post a little carousel Instagram uh, slide about vegan news. And that's really, really exciting for me. So they announced today that McDonald's is rolling out some new vegan chicken nuggets and so is Burger King. And I think Starbucks is starting to have oat milk and stuff. Mm. And these are things that I wouldn't really necessarily know. And I just really like seeing it on my Instagram feed. So they have really, really cute recipes and informational illustrations and facts and stuff and I just I love seeing how it's packaged and I really appreciate it. So one morning I woke up and I was scrolling on Instagram and they had this really, really simple, easy vegan pancake recipe. So, Oh, is that where you got that's those? That's where I got that from. Ooh, and they're good. I made good. a very good vegan uh, pancake yeah, the other day. Yeah, they're good, y'all. So yeah, that's my little side dish. I loved it. Really, I love it. And uh, I'm probably going to make some more things on there. And like, it was so great. Last week I was like, I wonder what's better for the environment, almond milk or soy milk. And then mm. literally the next day, They posted this very easy-to-read chart about water usage with different kinds of milks, Mm. depending on the milk. So it was like almond, oat, uh, soy.
1: Like the water that goes into...
0: Making it. Making yeah. The so a plan. lot, because it says almond milk uses a lot more water to make just because of the, you know, properties of an almond mm-hmm. versus soy milk. Interesting. So soy milk is better for the environment, but it's more expensive. And mm-hmm. there's a lot less people that have almond dietary restrictions rather really? than soy. Wow. Yeah. There's
1: more people allergic to soy than there are to, to
0: nuts. Yeah. Soy is or a more nuts, common. But allergy interesting than almonds because hmm. most people are allergic to either peanuts or tree nuts and almonds right. Oh, they are a tree that. nut i guess yeah. so anyway but Wait. yeah it's a really good instagram that's cool so nice that's it all right cool cool, cool.
1: good side dish yeah tasty like a, a jackfruit which is
0: why would you say jackfruit not almond
1: because i ate a jackfruit earlier
0: <laughs> we went to a vegan restaurant it was very good
1: <laughs> yeah thank you so much for listening yeah to this episode of please Consume responsibly uh-huh. um It was fun.
0: Uh, It was a fun time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you want to follow us on social media, Mm -hmm. we have Instagram, Mm -hmm. at Please Consume Responsibly, Mm -hmm. and we have Twitter, at Please Consume. Mm -hmm. Um, There you'll be able to find some recaps of our episodes, Mm -hmm. as well as our personal accounts. There's a
1: great video that Tara just posted from last week's episode, (laughs) and oh my god, it's so... It's such a good video. I really
0: enjoy making... Content for mm-hmm. this podcast and you're so, very good at it. Thank you. I would appreciate if you gave us a follow over there yes. um, And also if you had any questions comments concerns, uh, you can email us at please consume responsibly at gmail.com mm-hmm. uh, Other than that, thanks for listening.
1: And if you like our intro music, it is Mazel Tov by Adebisi Shank from their third album This is the third album of a band called Adebisi Shank.
0: And if you like our podcast make sure to yes. like rate mm-hmm. and Subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. I did it. I did it. Wait,
1: no, not like. Oh. Rate, review, and subscribe. Rate,
0: review, and subscribe (laughs) our podcast. I'll get it next time. Yeah. Uh, Uh,
1: If you really, really like it, give us that five stars. If you don't like it, give us four stars and tell us how we can do it better. I love constructive criticism. We
0: do. We love it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's it. Yeah. That's it. We will see you next week.
1: What are we planning to
0: go out? Hmm. Can we just do the Monster Mash again? Let's just do the
1: Monster Mash again. All I right. was thinking we were going to do that. Have a Graveyard Smash, happening.
0: everybody. We'll see you next week. See
1: you next week. It's Bye. Week. Bye. Ooh. Out from his coffin voice did ring, seemed
2: he was troubled by just one thing, opened the lid, and shook his fist and said, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the Mash. It's now the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. And it's a Graveyard Smash. It's now the Mash.
1: A on and a fly